Hello, welcome to The Real Thing. I'm your host, Joe Lawrence. The Real Thing is an extension of Bergen Film Club, which is a film society in Bergen, Norway, where we talk about the, the film club's program, why the movies are cool, why you should go to see them, why you should come to the film club. But today, again, we are talking about Trash Film Festival, which will be this week when this episode comes out on Thursday. And sitting here with me today is member of BFK, and also member of the trash board, Remy. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Very excited for trash. Uh, mm-hmm. The final bits of work are being done now, and then yeah, very excited. Yeah. So today, this is the first time actually in the whole kind of succession of the trash episodes, we're going to be talking about the opening film. I think for the Trash Film Festival, which will be on the Friday, so the day after this comes out, when we talk about who killed Captain Alex. You chose this movie. Yeah, I um, uh, originally I wanted to very optimistically screen Who Killed Captain Alex 2, because it has a release date of 2023, but mm-hmm. it's obviously not uh, done yet, so uh, I settled on the next best thing, which is Who Killed Captain Alex. Mm. Yes. Okay, I'll just give a brief outline of what this film is. So Who Killed Captain Alex is a 2010 Ugandan action comedy film written, produced, and directed by Nabwana Isaac Joffrey Godfrey, or Nabwana IGG, from his production uh, company Wakali Wood, uh, which is an low-budget, ultra-low-budget studio in Kampala, Uganda. The film garnered viral notoriety for being a quote-unquote no-budget action film produced on a reported budget of $200, US dollars. Although producer Alan uh, Hoffmanis later stated that the production was in fact valued at $85. As of November 2023, the film has been viewed just under 9 million times on YouTube after its initial upload in March 2010. When was the first time that you watched this? I'm not quite sure because I watched it quite a lot of times, but uh, I think back in 20... 18 or 2019 mm. we we're just a bunch of friends and then uh, at our school we were able to book a uh, well the school's cinema so to speak and uh, one of my friends just said like yeah i found this really interesting movie i'm gonna put it on i went in with no expectation mm-hmm. which is probably the best way to watch hooky captain alex but uh, i was blown away i had a really good time and mm. it's now one of my favorite movies yeah yeah I had never heard of it before, but from at least doing the little bit of research I did for the podcast, it seems like it has quite a large cult following. Yes, definitely. This mm. is uh, most definitely one of those cult following movies. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's one of those, uh, if you know about it, then you know about it and you'll just keep quoting the stuff from the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, how it initially became famous, I'm not quite sure, but... Uh, yeah, everyone I speak to who's seen it absolutely loves it. Mm. It's it's really fun. It's good-hearted. Yeah, it seems like, like you said, like amongst the fans, it's like kind of universally loved in a way. I don't think anyone has a bad thing to say. Before we talk, I want to talk a bit about the production of it because obviously, like, how do you make a film on $85? But I wanted to talk a bit about the director first because he seems like such a nice... He just seems like a dude. Mm. So... Nabwana IGG, director of nearly 22 movies. By the end of next year, he will have directed 22 movies. Uh, 
He is a Ugandan filmmaker and film producer. He's the founder of his own film studio, Wakaliwood, and is best known for his gratuitous violence in films. In his early life, he had never been to a movie theatre and relied mostly on his brother's and friend's descriptions of films that were released theatrically. He went for a course in computer repair but was forced to drop out after the first month due to lack of funds. Therefore, he sought to learn about filmmaking and its aspects in a self-learned method with his own trial and error experiences with cameras and editing equipment, which he was building himself. At the age of 32, he began filmmaking as a, pro- as a profession. In 2005, he founded Ramon Film Productions, the name derived from his grandmothers Rachel and Monica, which would later be known as Wakaliwood. His film production is based in his home, where he began to produce and shoot mu- music videos uh, from 2009. Ramon Production has involved over 44 feature films. Some of the popular films produced by Ramon Productions are Who Killed Captain Alex, Bad Black and Tibatu Sasula. The film Who Killed Captain Alex is obviously his best known and is the first action-packed film from Ugandan cinema. Mm. After releasing in 2010, Who Killed Captain Alex became internationally recognised and popular. The movie attracted super fans from all around the world with over 8 million views on YouTube. It is Nobona's most popular film and has turned him into a minor celebrity. Alan Huffmanis, a film director, uh, festival director based in New York City, saw the film and became known as one of these super fans and subsequently travelled to Uganda, ne- met with Nobona and asked for producing a documentary on Ramon Film Productions. Hoffmanis has since moved to Uganda to help promote Hollywood cinema worldwide and is now an executive producer and actor at Hollywood. He was also given a starring role in Abuana's 2016 Bad Black and has been called the first Mungu Ugandan action movie star. It, uh, yeah, like very humble beginning, I guess, and just kind of like a persistent uh, love for cinema. Yeah, I um, I really like Nirvana. I um, I think he is one of those cases where um, why the movie is good is reflected in the director himself and then, of course, everything around the movie. Mm-hmm. But if you start with the director, um, this is obviously one of those movies where there is an obvious passion and love for movie making, mm. which um, Nawana seems to have. Uh, like, if we contrast Who Keep Cat and Alex to other, you know, trash film movies or uh, C-list movies or whatever, like, uh, well, anything like The Room or, uh, for example, anything from uh, Neil Breen. Mm. They, it seems more like they make movies because maybe yeah, they like movies, but also they want to just portray themselves as like, these cool dudes yeah uh, like uh, space jesus uh, yeah basically yeah. Mm. uh but like with uh, nabona he uh, he he doesn't put himself in the limelight rather he uses his own like history and story to mm. uh uh make movies that are connected to where he's from mm-hmm. uh like with who keep Count alex yeah you can watch it as just a uh, cool uh action movie about uh about uh, a war breaking up between a mafia and the government but if you actually read a bit about Nabuana uh, he was raised like his childhood uh, in um, Uganda during the tyrannical reign of uh, Idi Amin I think it's called Mm -hmm. Um, and he's used this in the movie like uh, there's a very famous helicopter scene Mm. uh, in Who Keep Cutting Alex where a lot of people uh think it looks a bit goofy because the helicopter sort of flies towards the screen and Mm. then bumps behind it 
which is kind of counterintuitive of what you're thinking of like a helicopter attacking with like a chopper in front. Mm. But uh, like Nabona said himself, he uh, did this because from personal experience, uh, he knows that attack helicopters in Uganda attack from behind, like mm. they shoot missiles behind them. And he knows mm-hmm. this because he and his brother ran away from these helicopters during the war. Yeah. So there's like, um, there's a lot of connections between the director and uh, the good part of the movie, I think. Yeah, for sure. This seems like it's uh, like he's telling his own life story kind of in a yeah. through these action films and re- like especially like reflecting Ugandan history, I guess, as well. Um, just in terms of production, like this started in 2009 and like you said, he was like using a lot of influence from his own experience in the Ugandan Bush War and stuff that happened to him growing up. Um, but the film was shot using like camera equipment and computers that he built himself the props cameras um other computers were fabricated from scrap metal from a machine store that he lived beside um actors supplied their own costumes one actor uses a mask in the film because they portray two film uh two roles um this was a fun little tidbit that squibs were used to simulate like gunshot wounds like physically getting shot um and these were condoms filled with red food coloring tied to fishing lines and then the actors this was attached to the actor's chest and then they could be like ripped to simulate like blood exploding out of a chest um but this uh the use of condoms was decided because nabwana had previously been using cow blood yep instead of uh red food coloring but they had to stop because one of the actors developed brucellosis yeah um which is just like any other disease. Apparently, that was the only information <laughs> that I could could find about it. Yeah, but uh, it's like a zoonotic disease that you can get from cows, and unpasteurized milk. Um, so I think that's a good enough reason to stop using that. Mm. Yeah, he um, like uh, like I said, uh, it's very clearly shown in the movie that this is a movie made uh, from the passion of movie making. Yes, and like all these practical effects, him building camera equipment and uh, the PC himself and uh, this condom uh, <laughs> blood splurge <laughs> effects, it's uh, it sort of shows that he's just put a lot of effort in. Like the the movie doesn't look bad by objective standards because he hasn't put effort in. Hmm. It's more that he's working on a tight budget with uh, little to no knowledge of film. Hmm. Uh, but he's doing his best he can and he was able to produce a movie again if we like contrast this with other you know quote unquote trash movies um, and this is point has been raised by many people but if you contrast it with The Room for example The Room is famously known for uh, the spoon scenes right because there's uh, there's portraits uh, mm. there, there's picture with spoons and uh, you're supposed to raise a spoon and throw it at the movie, movie mm. whenever they show up this is because um, yeah Tommy Wiseau does like he doesn't care enough about the movie making process to actually replace stock images. Like, no. yeah, that's the amount of effort we're talking, and that's why this is a that is why that is considered a trash movie. Mm. But uh, with Hooky uh, Captain Alex, it's sort of the opposite. It's like, oh, you get to appreciate like everything, mm. uh, every little detail because it's like they've done so much. Like uh, you s- talked about the condoms and also like for example, 
when you watch the movie, you'll notice that the uh, drinks look a bit odd. Like the mm. wine is a bit discolored and uh, I think it's supposed to be milk is discolored. And this is because milk and uh, clean water are like a pretty luxury accommodation from the village that Valkalwood originally is from. Mm-hmm. So they, they were very creative. They used um, paint, I think. Oh. Paint mixed with water to uh, s- uh, simulate wine. Wow. So they were very like um, crafty in their mm. uh, their work. Yeah, it's like really. It seems like really like earnest filmmaking. Because, like you said, like Tommy Wiseau and uh, Neil Breen, I'm sure, like they. I mean, they definitely do have a passion for cinema. But I think a big part of their projects is like reflecting themselves in the best light possible. Yes. Yeah. Whereas here, it's like he is just very passionate about making movies and will do what he can to make it um the original version of the film was intended for local distribution in kampala with the dialogue recorded in the native language of luganda after the luganda trailer for the film went viral went viral on youtube nabwana reappropriated the local video joker practice for a western audience and hired bj emig to provide commentary on the film in english Throughout the film, a panpipes cover of the Seal song, Kiss from a Rose, as well as a piano cover of the ABBA song, Mamma Mia, can be heard. That's very special. Yeah, it is. Mm. This was a really fun. It's yeah. a really great scene. Mm. It initially sold over 10,000 copies on DVD in Uganda, but it's said that the amount of pirated copies that have been sold might like supersede that tenfold. Uh, generally, it is received very well by critics and audiences under the endearing "it's so bad, it's good" experience. Yes, and uh, I also think that Who Kick Up Alex is uh, is also liked not just for the "it's so bad, it's good," mm. but I think Who Kick Up Alex is a little is like good in itself. Like, of course, if you go by objective standards and acting and camera shooting and technique, it's it, it's bad. But uh, when I think of like "it's so bad, it's good." I think of, yeah, Neil Breen, uh, you know, C-list movie ripoffs, uh, yeah. Bruce Potations, but uh, those are bad because they, they're sort of trying to be something they're not with minimal effort put in. But with Who Cooked Captain Alex, there's a general, like, genuine actual, imp- um, genuine, uh, uh, effort put in mm. into the movie uh, so then you g- start to question like okay how is who keep Alex appropriate for trash mm-hmm. and I actually struggle with this when um, sort of writing my review for who keep Alex but I think it stands in a position of its own where uh, unlike most uh, trash movies that are so bad or good or so bad that they're funny I think who keep Alex is more of like we're laughing with the movie mm-hmm. instead of laughing at the movie yeah like when you watch Double Down you're you're laughing because the movie is just hilariously bad yeah. and there seems to be no self-awareness about it yeah but with Who Keep Captain Alex you sort of laugh about you know the the acting is done too exaggerated the 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 fight scenes are like insane the the VJ Gem- Emmy who just comments throughout the whole movie is like he doesn't st- well he, he just doesn't stop talking hmm. <laughs> but uh, this is like I think you unconsciously process that this is because 
they are so hyped to make a movie mm-hmm. that they sort of overdo it. Yeah. Okay. While uh, a lot of trash movies underdo it. Yeah. So you know the line their libraries in the room like uh, oh I did not you know yeah. all of that. Well in yeah. Mm. Well in hockey cap Alex it's like the opposite. Mm. And um, but I think that's like the biggest uh, point at least from your description and like reading about it is that there is like a very large disparity with self-awareness with a lot of these uh, trash directors and it's borderline narcissism or yeah. it is narcissism for a lot of yeah like I mean Tommy Mozo and Neil Breen are kind of just like the biggest examples of narcissists in a way even yeah. though I think they claim to be quite earnest but in here is like especially you saying like lumping it together with trash it seems like it's trash and sort of like a the sense of like it being low budget and but it seems earnest and it's rather just like a reflection of a different uh production style yeah and i mean not that i know a lot about ugandan film but i can't imagine that the industry is very large at all and it's just kind of how do you make a film under these circumstances kind of and i kind of felt like that last year in last year's trash mm. when i watched um the turkish film that we showed lion man i also felt like there was a lot of like earnest filmmaking there and it was rather just this like low budget element that qualifies it to be trash but it, i really enjoyed that film like objectively yeah in the same way that i think that i would enjoy this film yeah mm. it's uh it, it sort of goes back to the what's the definition of trash film which is real difficult because that is subjective yeah uh, our tagline is usually it's so bad it's good mm-hmm uh, which is applicable to probably 95% of the movies we screen. Yeah. But I think a better definition of Trash Film Fest is it's just low-budget movies. Low-budget mm-hmm. movies that has a cult following for some apparent reason. And yeah. yes, mostly it's going to be because, be because they're bad. Mm-hmm. Or like you saw it as the DVD set once and then it like became big like uh, the Ugh movie or whatever it's called like uh, the one movie that's like recognized as one of the worst movies of all time oh yeah okay um, or with Neil Breen of course but uh, but uh, you can have movies that are low budget but are still good in some other way yeah like we are screening low budget movies from I think we can announce that we're screening low budget movies from uh, directors from Bergen, mm-hmm. Sept, uh, mm-hmm. um which is you know it, it's that that movie is not bad. No, it, it's actually quite good, especially yeah. considering the budget. But it still fits under the trash film movie uh, sort of label. Yeah, you could say. Um, same with Who Keep Captain Alex. Hmm. It's like an umbrella. Yeah, it's I a guess. big umbrella. It's yeah. Uh, yeah, it's difficult uh, how you sort of define stuff, but uh, you could probably define trash by the budget, yeah, and the cult following. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before we finish up, you had mentioned that there was there was a sequel in the works, but I have a little uh, small decade-long history of the of oh. the sequel. So Nobuana completed work on the 2010 sequel. Tebatu Sasula, which is Lugandan for those who were screwed over. 
when there was a massive power surge that destroyed the hard drive that contained the film footage, resisting, resulting in it becoming a lost film. On the 2nd of March 2015, Wood set up a Kickstarter campaign to raise $160. That's cute. For the film Tebatu Sasula Ebola. The studio was able to receive $13,181 from 374 backers by the 1st of April. Tebatu Sasula Ebola serves as a direct sequel to Captain, uh, Who Killed Captain Alex and a remake of the lost film. On the 1st of August 2022, uh, Nabwana announced on Twitter that a sequel is in production and that shooting was currently in progress. So it's been a very long time that he's been working on this. He has, yeah. and I'm uh, very excited uh, mm. for his upcoming movie. He has another movie out that's like has a decent cult following called uh, Bad Black, I think. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I haven't seen his movies. The Tebato to Sula Ebola. It's. Uh, I really want to see it because if you watch Who Keep Captain Alex, uh, I guess slight spoiler, but not really. It's a. Uh, uh, there's an ad for that movie at the end of Who Keep Captain Alex. Okay. Uh, and also during Who Keep Captain, I think, because VJ <laughs> Jamie just keeps talking about. Anyways, I digress. It's. Uh, yeah. Okay. So everyone watched that, mm. and of course, Who Keep Captain Alex too. I'm very hyped for. Yeah, I'm excited. I think it's going to be really good. Uh, opening film for sure yeah yeah good choice Remy <laughs> thank you <laughs> hmm. uh, yeah I guess we can kind of wrap it up there I feel like people should be excited about this it seems like it's going to be a lot of fun yes mm. and the whole festival of course of course yeah uh, but yeah do come to Trash Film Fest and mm. uh, like I um, wrote for, uh, in the writer for Who Keep Captain Alex if you come to watch it and you haven't watched it before then come to watch it uh, with the um, thought in mind that you're going to see a movie that sort of helps you understand why you like movies this is movie stripped to its bare basic hmm. and like even lower than the basics it's the equipment is handmade the action is improvised uh it is just the purest form of cinema in like its art definition hmm. and watching movies like this really gives you like a an appreciation for the genre as a whole uh, to try to not sound pretentious but <laughs> I think it's true I think you uh, when you watch this and you when you watch what is what you can be able to make just out of pure passion hmm. for movies then I think you'll appreciate good movies even more yeah that was very nice mm. um yeah i was just thinking maybe just to end like i wanted to say if, if there was anything any particular movie that you were like looking forward to watching a trash that you haven't seen before like i am very excited to watch um time of the apes mm. because i love the planet of the apes movies mm. so much <laughs> which was a very like uh i didn't know this about myself and then I watched them, and I was like, "Holy shit, these these films rule!" So, I'm I'm very excited to watch that one. It's uh, another interpretation of my favorite film <laughs> series. <laughs> yeah, hmm. I don't know. I um, I watched some of them. Hmm. I'm really excited for the Dragon Ball spinoff. Oh yeah, that's gonna. Be it good. has to be amazing. It I saw the trailer. Be. Yeah, the effects are so bad. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. But just I think and that's another example of like passion for cinema is that 
they weren't going to let the copyright laws stop them from making that movie. No, they did not. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I was just... Uh, me and uh, Nabuana have one thing in common. When I was uh, growing up, my family wouldn't get, like, uh, I guess, cable TV. So we only had, like, the standard channels. And I used to ask my friends to watch, like, Spongebob and other shows like that and then act it out for me the next day at school. That's quite amazing. Yeah. That's how, yeah. So for, like, a good three years, that was the only versions of Spongebob and, like, Disney Channel shows was them acting it out for me at school. And (laughs) I thought it was so fucking funny. (laughs) (laughs) So I can relate to him getting uh, different movies acted out to him. It's very special. Yeah. But yes, please come to Trash. And thank you for being on the podcast, Brendan. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I really needed this uh, cerebral big brain conversation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Goodbye. <laughs>